0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. to take you back as I start to a couple of months ago. So a couple of months ago, I was in labour. Don't worry, I'm not going to go into too much information. It's a bit early for that. But I was in labour. I was in hospital. I was at this point two weeks overdue with our second child. So I had been pregnant for 42 weeks. And 42 weeks when you've been pregnant feels like forever. (laughs) Um, And it is now Wednesday morning, first thing. I'd gone in to start an induction process on Sunday night. And it's now Wednesday morning. So by this point, Josh and me were pretty ready to meet our daughter. And she is born on Wednesday morning at 35 minutes past midnight. Let me show you a photo right now of our little girl. This is Indigo Brave Campbell. Thanks. (laughs) Um, And look at her there. She's got a nice little headband and her little curled-up fingers. And she's on a handmade blanket and a handmade cardigan. She's looking peaceful and serene. I want to tell you this was not the image taken at 35 minutes past midnight on that Wednesday morning. And in a minute, I'm going to show you the picture that was taken because the picture that I'm going to show you is not one that we sent out to any friends or any family. It's not one that we are ever going to get printed out. Have a look at this picture right now. This was the scene at 35 minutes past midnight. She was healthy, we thank God for that, but she really had some lungs. She is screaming, she is crying out right there and she is searching in that moment for me. She wanted to be held. She was looking for a relational connection. And what I want to tell you is so many of us, in fact most of us in this room are born looking and doing what she's doing there. We are born crying out for connection, crying out for relationship. That is how we are built to be. And I don't believe that cry ever ceases. And so today I want to look about our connection with God, our cry out for relationship with God, almost a me and God vertical, but also a me and others horizontal relationships. So we're going to carry on. As Pastor Steve's already said, this book, if you've not got it, it's still time Bible, a story that makes sense of life. And we've already looked at our desire for meaning, for freedom, for peace, for love. And today we're going to look at our first for community. I believe God is wanting to do something super special today in our first for community. But do we really need relationship? I've argued there that we are built that way, but do we really need it with COVID and lockdowns and online? And do we still really need relationship? Let's look firstly at our relationship with God. Elspeth said a few weeks ago, she looked at creation. God met with us, men and women, in the garden. She said, Your self esteem and your self worth is based on the fact you have been made in the image of God. God designed us in his image. But there was still this gap between men and women and God. And then just last week, John looked at Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to be singing that soon, aren't we? God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus. He said love is at the center of this story. He talked about the self-sacrificial love of Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. And I get to pick up today on what happens next. As Jesus leaves earth, what happens next? And this is what he says in the book of John. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me and you keep and obey my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another a helper a comforter an advocate an intercessor a counselor a strengthener a standby to be with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him but you get to know him because he remains with you continually and will be with you i will not leave you as orphans i will come back to you and after a little while the world will have no will no longer see me but you will see me Because I live, you will live also. And so Jesus makes this promise to his disciples. He actually says, it is better for you if I am to go because I am going to leave you this gift of a helper, the spirit of God, the spirit of God. And that truth is still true to us today. That promise that Jesus made is still true to us today because Jesus on earth, he couldn't be in this room right now and on online and in Colchester and Bury in the prison that you might be watching from and Australia but through the spirit of God he gets to be through the spirit of God he gets to be and so let's look at this defining moment in church history the book of Acts this is what it says it says suddenly like the sound of a blowing violent wind it came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. God was coming in a powerful new way. And I want to read to you something that Andrew Ollerton writes in this book about that passage of Scripture. He says this, Along with the wind in the Bible, fire is a powerful symbol of God's presence. On each occasion, fire conveyed the holy, unapproachable presence of God. And during the Old Testament, this presence dwelt in the inner recesses of the temple, the Holy of Holies, and very occasionally would settle on almost VIPs, the priests and the kings. But for an ordinary, the idea of experiencing this fiery presence up close and personal would have been unimaginable. However, on the day of Pentecost that we've just read about, the fire came to rest on the Messiah's people. In fact, the flames separated out, so each of them got their own personalised experience. It says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And those who witnessed the scene put two and two together, and they concluded that ancient prophecies were being fulfilled, for it is written, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all People, even my servants, which was a huge deal, men and women, a huge deal. I will pour out my spirit. And sometimes we can think of the spirit as this almost Star Wars force type thing, but no, the spirit of God is a person. It's a person who we who gets to live in us and represent Jesus and the Father to us. And I had this first for God growing up. I didn't come into relationship with Jesus until my late teens, but I always knew there was more to life. I always knew there was more out there. And I had what I would now describe, and many of us would have probably experienced, a God-shaped hole in me, a gap that I tried to fill with other things that would kind of satisfy, but actually nothing was going to fill that apart from God. And when I invited Jesus in, I, I experienced the Holy Spirit fill my life with love and with peace and with joy. But I almost thought, okay, that's it now this is who I am, I'm a Christian, but no, 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 that was just the beginning, that was just the start, our God is a God of the more, he's a God who always wants to give more, and that was just the very beginning for me, and months later, I went to a larger Christian event, which was then called One Event, and I was prayed for, and I started to experience the gift of the Holy Spirit, I, got, I started to experience exercising gifts of the Spirit, And years later, I would describe it actually as an intimate friendship, an intimate friendship with the Spirit. See, when I wake up and I'm anxious, straight away, I know the Spirit of God is right there with me. Pastor Steve said in this series, for the key to finding peace is knowing He is with you. This peace is not cosmic, but it is personal too, knowing He is beside me. When challenge comes, knowing He's with me. Some of you in this room, maybe online, you are facing challenges that I cannot even comprehend, I cannot even imagine. But the Bible says, even in those moments, the Spirit intercedes, He helps us to pray. In Romans, it says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for at times, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. He hears your... <sighs> He hears it and he intercedes. The Spirit of God intercedes through that moment. He brings purpose. Andrew Ollerton says, the Spirit comes alongside to help turn our new identity into a new lifestyle. And if you have never experienced the Spirit of God in that way and you've never relied and had that intimate connection, we're going to have a prayer team here physically in the room at the end that would love, love, love to pray for you. And if you're online, we would love for you to message us and we would love to pray for you because... God wants more. Like I say, God is a God of the more. Let me tell you about one of my worst traits. One of my worst traits is that I am hugely impatient. I've been working on it for a very long time, but I'm still pretty impatient. And you know the expression that says, I want things done yesterday. You know, I'm one of those people that actually wants things done like two weeks ago. It is confession time, I know, but I am really impatient. And when we were dating, Josh and I, he took me on a date. He took me on a date to London. We went for the day. It was lovely. (laughs) But um, he took me to London Aquarium. Anyone been to London Aquarium? Yeah, a few nods. And they've got the tunnel, the big glass tunnel with fish around it. And it was very epic. But it wasn't a great date, And let me tell you why. I was there and i had kind of strolled through and I'd seen all the fish. I'd done the tunnel. I'd got to the end. Josh, at this point, Was about halfway through the experience, halfway through the one way system, because he was appreciating the fish and he was reading up about the fish and he could probably count some of the fish in there, maybe not now, but he was looking at all those fish and loving it. But I was way ahead and it was not a great day because we were not in step with one another. We were not, there was no kind of shared experience, there was no connection, there was no great conversation on that date because I had rushed ahead. In Galatians 5:25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We must keep in step with the Spirit. I've asked Mia to come help me demonstrate this. Let's give it up for Mia <laughs> as she comes. <laughs> okay. Mia, no pressure, you're going to be the spirit of God here in my life. <laughs> and at times I've done this, I've kind of done this, I've ran ahead or I've tried to run ahead of the spirit with my ambition that I've kind of stayed out of step or my, what I thought my life would look like, my striving maybe or my moving on to the next thing when actually the spirit of God is not finished working on something back there that is going to enable me to run way further over here. Or at times, rewind, <laughs> I've done this, I've done kind of Oh, I'm comfortable, I've got my two kids and I've got my house, I've got food on my table, I'm, I'm comfortable but I'm out of step with the spirit of God over there or maybe I'm going to my friends about some stuff that really I just need to go to God about or maybe I've just watched too much Netflix, I don't know, I've probably done that in my own life, <laughs> whatever it is but I have lagged behind the step of the spirit. And I think what this verse is telling us is actually when we walk in the Spirit of God and to accomplish all that Jesus has for us on earth, we have got to get our pace in line with that of the Spirit. Because when we do that, let's walk together, Mia, we notice, hey, my neighbor over there, I notice things. And I get to love on people in a way that is different. I know what to be praying for. I have ideas that are not my ideas. They come from heaven. I have a peace, maybe, about my work and my family and my life balance. So thanks Mia. (laughs) And how do we do that? You know, just throughout the day saying, Jesus, I welcome you in. Spirit of God, I welcome you in. Slowing down for me is one of the ways that I do that, is when I'm rushing, I am not in pace with the Spirit. Slowing down. Or maybe for me, it's actually there's um, speaking in tongues the Bible talks about, heavenly language. I'm going to every day commit for a set amount of time or even for the rest of my days i'm going to pray in that heavenly language of tongues to get my step in pace with that of the spirit and as we read on in the book of acts no longer than the spirit of god was uh, no sooner than the spirit of god was poured out suddenly a close knit community began to form and it wasn't a community that was just friends kind of surface level friends no these were deep friendships Because these people knew they had purpose, joint purpose, to fulfill the mission that Jesus had left. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And this is an early church. It's not a perfect church. There is no church that you will ever step into that is perfect because we know it's made up of imperfect people like me and like you. There is no church that's perfect. This church was not perfect. But I want to learn from them. What is it that kind of made it not an institution of a church but a family of God's people it said there they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching they were devoted to one another being together was not a tick off list on their week chart maybe of like swimming lessons or bible so it was no we it's a delight not a duty to be together we're devoted we see generosity it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need they met one another's needs Joy, it says they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Joy, they love one another. Sincerity, which is the opposite of hypocrisy. And hypocrites in the Greek was actually the name of an actor who would put on masks. Many masks. So they would put on a show and you would never see the face because it was all about putting on masks. But we can do that too in community. We can wear masks but when we truly know the spirit when we truly receive the gift that is the spirit of God we know actually I'm just going to be me I'm going to let down any of those masks I don't need to perform because I know I'm accepted just as I am it means you know if you need help asking for help is not going to be weakness it's going to be wisdom Brene Brown, she says, vulnerability is not winning or losing, it's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness, it is our greatest measure of courage. Your vulnerability is a superpower. And so lastly, let's look at this relational need that we have with others. Take a look at this video, this is someone called Raj, who has experienced that connection with God and also the transformational um, power of community, have a look.
1: I was born as one of seven children and as I was growing up I could feel my parents would treat me differently. Um, For example, my dad would be playing with my brothers, hugging them and I'd go in for a hug and he'd just push me aside. My brothers and sisters could see how dad was different towards me and they also would call me names and hit me and mock me. So I had this sense always as a kid that there was something wrong with me and um, I wasn't wanted um, and also never felt loved by them. I tried to do what I could to be good enough for them, but nothing I seemed to do was good enough. When I used to come home from school, I was forced to do all the housework and I remember one evening while I was cleaning and everyone was asleep, my mum's my tablets were there and I started to take all these tablets wishing I was dead. And the next morning, my dad turned around and said to me, shame it didn't work. And I think the reality hit me that there's nothing, nothing I can do to make this man love me. So when I was 18, I finally ran away from home, and I just rebelled against the culture I was brought up. I started drinking, smoking, partying, and I also um, rejected God, I actually blamed God. But fundamentally, the thing I wanted more than anything was to be loved and find love. I moved to London with a boyfriend and I found myself getting involved in some really dodgy stuff. But also at this time was a time when I met my first ever Christian and this lady just showed me unconditional love. She um, was kind, she listened to me and made me feel of worth. One evening, I found myself crying. I found all the stuff that had pushed down through my whole life, all the pain just coming up to the surface and I heard a voice say, Raj, stop crying. And I knew it was Jesus. I don't know how, but I knew it was Jesus. And I found myself talking to Jesus for the very first time, asking him why, why was my life so hard? And I just said to him, I just don't want to do it anymore. Would you just take my life? I just want to be dead. And what I felt was, um, rather than me being beamed up to heaven, I felt just love being poured into me. And I felt the Holy Spirit come and fill. All that got emptied out, just fill me up. And I felt this peace and joy and just happiness for the first time so i started to go to church and i was surrounded by a community of people that loved me accepted me and i for the for the very first time i felt like i belonged to a family and in the process of my time there i they prayed for me they i dealt with a lot of the pain and the rejection i found my voice and my purpose in life And my life is completely transformed by Jesus. And I'm just so thankful to God for all that he's done for me.
0: Book of Genesis, it says, for the Lord God says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that's still true today. Pre-COVID psychologist studies, they were showing that actually we were more isolated, and more lonely than ever. And then you throw in COVID and social distancing and not being able to travel to see our friends and our family. We have had to be proactive, haven't we, about staying in community. We've had to be creative. All those garden dinners and, and stuff we've had to do. But community, it's got such huge benefits for us. It has been proven that it lowers our stress levels, being in a healthy community, strengthens our immune system, and our sleep actually improves. And maybe it's for some of us, when we're in a healthy place, hey, let's be proactive. Who are we messaging saying, oh, you're on my heart, what can I be praying for you? I challenge you this week, send at least four messages to people. What can I be praying for you? Because when we are doing well, we need to be those that help others. But when we are struggling, we need to also be those that reach out. It is not weakness to do that, it is wisdom. Healthy community is countercultural. Have a look at this picture. These are sequoia trees. And these are the largest and oldest trees in the whole world. They live up to 3,000 years old. They are absolutely ginormous. And their secret is actually found underneath the ground. What they do is they connect their roots to one another. So underneath the ground, they are all intertwined. And they literally grow together. You take one of them out, and it stumps all of their growth. And I thought, what a picture that is of the church what a picture because the church it needs you and it needs me we are better when you're here you are better when you are here and it is not for one people group the church we've learned that over these last few months haven't we it's for everyone and it's a beautiful family diverse yet united And Paul says it so well in Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So you can belong. You, the person who maybe you have been coming along and you don't even know what you believe in, you belong. You, the single dad maybe who is bringing you kids and it's a struggle to get them out of the house, you belong. You belong. Maybe the person here watching in a prison cell this morning through the powers of online, you belong. The church of Jesus Christ is for us to belong. And so we have this longing in us for community, this deep desire, I believe, for community. And, you know, the early church, these these early Christians we've been looking at, it's argued that Christianity spread rapidly during the plagues because they were some of the riskiest people When towns and cities would get plagues, their counterintuitive kind of, oh, let's flee. No, everyone else would flee, and it was the Christians who actually came in to help. A fifth-century church leader, he says this, heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their needs, even though they became infected by others with the disease. What bravery. These early Christians, they would go in and actually some of them risked their lives, died. It actually gave them something to live for. Doing that. And wouldn't it be amazing if in our lifetime we were to see thousands upon thousands of people come into that relationship with Jesus and have their lives totally transformed by the power that has transformed our lives? I want to honor. Just now, some of the people that have done some of that stuff in this season, you know, there are people in this room who see free impact team, you have gone out like it's incredible. You have never stopped through a pandemic. You have fed people, but people that would never walk into church normally. You have literally gone to them. Kids leaders who have gone and prayed on doorsteps. Penny Pearson down here who has given up every week in, week out with the youth, connecting online in ways that we never thought we would. And NHS people, I know there's NHS workers who sit in this room. And I know that you guys have literally prayed beside people during this pandemic because of the spirit of God that is in you. And it's our time, church. If COVID has taught me anything, it is that, you know, life is short. What really matters is who are we taking to heaven with us? What really matters is who are we doing life with? Who are we getting alongside? What are we living through? And so we are empowered by the same spirit who filled Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. We are empowered by that same spirit. And if you let him, that same spirit will leave with you out of this room and will be with you on the school run tomorrow morning, will be with you when you have anxiety in the middle of the night. That same spirit will be with you in the boardroom this week or on Zoom calls this week. That same spirit who, by the way, raised Jesus Christ from the dead empowers each of us to go and make a difference in this world. Our God is not a distant God. Our God's so close, and if we let him, he is wanting to do a move like never before because this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit, and I would love right now to pray for us as a church. So why don't you, if you're in this room, stand to your feet. If you're watching on a screen this morning, jump up also. And I'm going to pray for the Spirit of God to move today. Jesus, we thank you for the gift it is of your spirit. Lord, we don't take it lightly that we have this gift available to us at all times as we are here today or as we leave this building or we leave the room we're in right now, Lord, that you go before us. And God, would you help each of us to become more reliant on you? Lord, would you help each of us to get our pace, our step in line with you. Forgive us when we've kind of tried to get ahead or we've lagged behind the pace of your spirit. But Lord, we believe that you're wanting to move, God. And so Jesus, I pray also that through our relationship as a church, Lord, your church would be strengthened. Through our relationships, Lord, your church would advance. That God, we would see your kingdom come like never before. Whether we are in this room and we are 12 or we're in this room and we are 80, Lord, I thank you that your spirit is wanting to move in the same way. The same spirit, God, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Lord, we, we want to be so sufficient on you. Forgive us when we're self-sufficient, Lord. Forgive us when we don't see you working, Lord. Today we commit that we want to be aware of your presence and your spirit in our coming, in our going, in Tesco's, in the school run, in your church, Lord, wherever it might be, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord, that your spirit's available to us today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.